Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Friday coming to you from Studio A, where the A stands for A plus. Ah! <laughs> I think that's what it stands for. Ah! <laughs> that's more of an E. Today we're grading the coaching staff. I guess if you wanted to take a positive spin, you could have said A. Hey! I've done that one before, and we haven't. Neither of us did that. Maybe not the best sign? True, actually. <laughs> not a great yeah. time. Um, we're grading the coaching staff today. That's why I used a grade. Mm. And we are also presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. So get over to DraftKings Sportsbook. Bet on anything. Just about anything. 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 Uh, Jokic triple-double. Jokic to win. Yes. He's just the best. I, I literally parlayed Nuggets to win. Jokic triple-double last night. Went <clears throat> ham on it. What even odds Cashed did you in. get for that? Plus 260. That is just so <laughs> that's, pathetic that's, how is. bad the odds are Ugh. for something that should be very difficult. Yeah, but it's also... How many games have they played? Like 60-ish? Yeah. So one 55. out of every three games... Yeah. Oh, after 55, yeah. Nicole Jokic has a triple-double and the Nuggets win. Yep, and 22-0. and 0 Yep, exactly. When he does that. And they, it's, <laughs> he never loses. That's they crazy. Never lose. Yeah, so I guess you kind of have to get better odds for that to make sense. But I just did it last night and it worked. That one for one. Yeah, you can't exactly. you can't complain. Exactly. Um so anyways, get our DraftKings Sportsbook, use the code DNVR. Okay. Ryan, S- before you go any further, yeah. are you wearing that CU shirt in honor of the Broncos' new defensive coordinator, Vance Joseph? Because Henry and I gave our thoughts. Oh, very that's right. different thoughts yesterday. You weren't on. So before you take this conversation anywhere, I got to get your thoughts on VJ being back in the Mile High City. Real quick, do you guys notice that we're way further forward today? We no, are. No, I actually didn't. We are. I figured oh. it was. What the hell, Yaya? Yaya doesn't ever make accidents. Yaya oh. wants to make me seem bigger, so I appreciate that. I was very. I feel like very close <laughs> to wow. everything. I actually will take a course on how to make a cut look better. Oh. Wow. Yes. Like Who was giving you it. the course? Uh, none of your fucking business. Oh, <laughs> spicy! I yeah, think that yeah. means Dre. Um, <laughs> <laughs> one other, uh, one other piece of housekeeping that I need to get to oh, before no. I give that take is uh, Henry almost didn't go to the combine, so. Oh um, wow! Yeah, he was the last one out of all all city mm. participants to. Uh, put in his thing i got an email saying 
um, like right before I went to go see if Henry had done it, I got an email saying like, time's up. One of your credentials isn't assigned. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. Did you figure it out? Uh, yeah, I had to email him saying, we have one more. I think he just put his stuff in. This has been, uh, just just to give everyone a little behind-the-scenes look, a spicy morning. You hear clearly a little spicy. Yep. He is Ryan spicy. walks in. The reason we were late, Ryan walks in two minutes late. I say, delay a game on you, Ryan. And he immediately shoots back, well, if it wasn't for Henry, if he did his stuff, I wouldn't have been late. So shots all around. Pew, bang, bang, bang. Pew, I pew. had no idea. Yeah, there was something to fill out. <laughs> you were notified. You just didn't read. It. I was. I wasn't notified in DMVR. I was notified in All City, and I don't check that one. Yesterday, well, yesterday a was a spicy pod between Henry and I. Now we got that four spicy. people spicy. I can't wait to see where this goes. All right. Um. This is underwhelming. It's uh, an underwhelming hire. Yeah. Uh, wow. And it's a. I don't know. Here's where I am. I have the buff shirt on. I wasn't thinking of Vance Joseph <laughs> when I put this on. Um, but like as a buff, I am cheering for Vance Joseph. Yeah, of course. Uh, I want him to have all the success in the world. And just as a as a person, you know, who I've met and and spent time around. Mm-hmm. Obviously, uh, when he was a coach, and even you know before he was actually coaching games, ha- had known Vance Joseph a little bit. So I am hoping he has the utmost success here. Yeah. Um, I, I feel as though he is – I don't know if the word is set up for failure. He's coming into mm. a really difficult situation huh. uh, where he already has negative leash with the fans. Yeah, Like, this has to be the worst received hire in mm-hmm. all of pro football this year. And, and I, I took it a step in a different direction yesterday. I said, since my time covering the league, maybe my time just being a fan too, my 30 years – this is the most negative I've seen a coach received with the Broncos being a head coach or an assistant coach because, Ryan, typically uh, when you hire someone, everyone just loves it because it's like, well, we're just going to give them the benefit of the doubt for six months until he proves us wrong on the field. What, 50%, if not more, of the fan base does not like this move the moment it was made. Yeah, and like, so I tweeted out yesterday just saying, like, I'm surprised he wanted the gig because... Uh, the dynamic with the fans is going to be kind of ugly if anything goes wrong, right? He's already essentially going to be the scapegoat for anything that goes wrong on defense. Mm-hmm. Someone blows a coverage, Vance Joseph's fault. Oh, right. Mm-hmm. Um, and and so then someone, tw- and I was like, I'm not looking forward to that dynamic. Someone tweeted at me like, well, if you're not looking forward to the dynamic, why are you already pushing it? I'm like, I'm not pushing it. It is here. It's already arrived. It happened the second the news came out. Everyone w- was mad. So I worry just about the environment uh in in the truth of it is like i would love to sit up here and say like everyone you got to be nice to vance joseph mm-hmm. it's just not going to do anything like they're not going to be mm-hmm. uh and maybe not it's our community but it's just the broncos right, right. fan base as a whole is not going to be nice to vance joseph then i watched a clip of him on hard knocks did you guys see it i did i didn't yes. watch that one man and it it, it almost like i almost got teary-eyed watching it because he's like talking about what an honor it was to be the head coach of the Denver Broncos and how Colorado is home to him and all this stuff. And I'm just like, man, that is tough. And now I understand why he wanted the job. He's coming home. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But he's coming home to a toxic environment, uh, mm-hmm. at least for, from what I can see. Right. Mm-hmm. Obviously, the people who are mad are usually loudest. And I think there's certainly people in my mention saying, hey, let's give him a chance. Let's support VJ, you know, et cetera, et cetera. But it feels like mm, 80, 20, 90, 10 yeah. negative mm-hmm. reaction to this. So that's a part of it. And then the other part of it is just the facts, which is that 
Vance Joseph has not been a great defensive coordinator <laughs> in the NFL. You could, you know, Henry was, uh, I saw him in the Madden chat sharing stat after mm-hmm. stat last night about why he's not as bad as people think he is. And, and so I think you can make the case that um, he is a average defensive coordinator, mm-hmm. not necessarily a bad defensive coordinator, but it hasn't happened yet um, for him to, for me to say he's good to great mm-hmm. on that side of the ball. Exactly. So you combine all that stuff together in the word I use is underwhelming. I will be rooting for him. I'm going to give him leash. I'm not going to be, you know, pushing the thing. Vance Joseph, Vance Joseph, Vance Joseph. But, you know, first quarter, first game, a tight end catches a ball for 15 yards. Fans are losing their minds. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I just find it to be an odd decision from that standpoint, in addition to the uninspiring stats that surround his defensive coordinator's history you lay it out really well and kind of playing on the underwhelming part i think another step to that is the expectations that were brought here with sean payton once the broncos got sean payton it was like oh we could see a superstar staff develop and then we started to see that develop in carolina with frank wright who certainly isn't as flashier of as good of a head coach as sean payton but you see his staff and you're like Broncos really should be able to compete with that. And then you see right after they hire Vance Joseph, oh, they're in talks to potentially get Vic Mm -hmm. Fangio. Then it's like, oh, my gosh, you're getting one of the best offensive minds, one of the best defensive minds. Uh, Vance kind of already has a deal with Miami. That doesn't work out. It's it's like, okay, we understand why that one didn't work out. Brian Flores, though, he's coming in the building tomorrow. And then that day he's hired by the Vikings. And now you're like, okay, now, now, what is it going to be? Then like there's other talking about Sean Desai, right? Exactly. Yeah. And then there's other big names thrown out there, Matt Patricia, and then you land on Vance Joseph, who, what I've said about him, and I maintain it, he's an average to mm-hmm. slightly below average defensive coordinator. He's not a bad coordinator no. uh, year in and year out. He's an average coordinator. But with Sean Payton, felt like you were going to get <coughs> great mm-hmm. to be on the other side. So that kind of falls in the underwhelming category. Yeah, definitely. Right. And. I think the big thing to me is just that this is the place that thinks Vance Joseph is the worst, like, like of yes. in the entire country, even in Arizona, Bo was coming in saying like, you know, he wasn't great, but he was dealt a rough hand. You know, there, there's nowhere else in the country where Vance is seen as, as terrible as he was. And for good reason, like I went back and watched some of his Broncos games. It's crazy. It's crazy. Some of the things that happened when he was head coach, like one game where there's 18 seconds left in the first half, and they just kick a field goal from 62 yards. Yep. Didn't even try to like run it out. After that, uh, he the other team gets the ball back. Houston gets the ball back. This is the one we talked about yesterday when somebody said like Bill O'Brien said that he was a fucking idiot on the sideline. It was after that was, decision. Thanks, Vance, you fucking idiot. <laughs> I know. I was going back and... Exactly. Yeah. There, some people read as that. Some people said... I think he's saying, good job, you dumb fuck. Oh, and so there's like oh, this whole oh, big debate right, right. on the internet about like what yeah, exactly said. Going back through all that was just insane. Because after that, he ices the kicker. Kicker misses the the iced one. He hits the one right after. At the end of the game, um, they uh, they get into position. They, they messed up a whole bunch of weird time things. We don't have to get into all of it. But at that point, they dropped to three and six. The season's essentially over. DVOA has them eighth in the NFL. But all those terrible coaching decisions means that that like pretty good team is just basically out of it, and that stuff just happened over and over and over again. Aren't they three and one? 
Or was I'm that not a different. At the start I think of the they season? started. Yeah. Yeah. That they one were. was three and one. Yeah, three okay. And one, they went to. They lost five in a row to go to three and six. Yeah. And then I think they won three in a row to get and, to six and six. Yeah. And then mm-hmm. they collapsed. Yep. And you throw that on top of the fact that I think yeah, so that season would have been the first back-to-back season, a uh, losing season, forty years in Denver. Yep. And so of course people John here hate always him. Sleep on it. Yeah. 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 No, everybody should hate him. Should hate him for for what he did as head coach here. But I think it's important to remember. His job is going to be different, and that's not going to make everybody be rational about it or say, like, yeah, let's have a fresh start. And I can't say that it should, but I can also say that in the grand scheme of things, it doesn't matter all that much. What matters is whether he coaches a good defense, not whether the fans on Twitter are upset about it. Um, That part's just annoying for the rest of us. And maybe Sean Payton, because he is online. Speaking of being on Twitter, exactly. (laughs) If Sean Payton's going to be online, this is like a great opportunity for him to send a message out to the fan base. I would legitimately love Sean Payton getting on his phone, taking a video of why the fans should support Vance Joseph. Um, mm-hmm. Now, I guess it's, it hasn't been announced by the Broncos yet, right? Correct. So mm-hmm. None maybe of these it happens after that. I don't want to see like a press release that's just like, Sean Payton, quote, Vance is a really great coordinator. Um, we're very happy to have him in the building and bring him back home to Colorado. No, I want to see Sean Payton get on and be like, hey, guys. I have so much respect for Vance Joseph because of X, Y, and Z. I'm so excited to have him on his staff. Obviously, it didn't work out for him when he was a head coach here. No one wishes it worked out better more than Vance. Like, he is Mm -hmm. the spokesperson of the Broncos right now, especially in a positive light, right? People Mm -hmm. like Sean Payton. They're happy that he's the head coach. Uh, He could make a big impact here by if he's going to be online, be online. And mm-hmm. that's just what is so confusing about his tweet on Wednesday. And we talked about it a little bit yesterday. I want to get your thoughts. But um, that was just something for the fans. The fans absolutely loved it. Kind of on the flip side of fans not really liking Vance Joseph, uh, they absolutely loved Sean Payton doing that. But, Ryan, just two weeks ago, Vance Joseph sa- or, or Sean Payton said, we're not going to be online. We're going to be doing things behind the scenes, not putting it out there on social media. Just know we're working. So that's what just what was so confusing about that tweet and why I just, when you say that, I'm like, well, he's not going to do that. There's no he chance should, he does that. He should. <laughs> he uh, should, definitely. Yeah, I, I you know, I, I, I was pretty clear in our text thread. Um I just don't, I don't think that my uh, that the head coach of an NFL team should even <laughs> know what the media is tweeting. It's true and Sean Payton has done things differently than other NFL mm-hmm. head coaches the past 2 weeks. He was the only coach that was on Radio Row from my understanding. Now, he was probably the only coach mm-hmm. that had a contract Arizona with Arizona State head coach Kenny Dillingham was Oh, there you also go. Okay. Coach Prime head ever heard coach of him. Okay, yeah, NFL head <laughs> there we coaches. Go. Um, but now he has I guess a little out because he was working for Fox at the time, but mm-hmm. at that time he was also representing a different company, so maybe that actually takes that excuse away. And then he's the only only one that's tweeting at media members mm-hmm. as well yeah mm-hmm. i mean again it's not a big deal mm-hmm. it's just one of those things i was like wow like he saw that tweet how it, it wasn't mm-hmm. a viral tweet yeah yeah i was yeah. like how did he see this tweet now it is unfortunate for uh eric goodman that like the next day they announced like 20 <laughs> <I know>. yeah <laughs> so it was like a bad you know bad timing if even is i feel like that wouldn't have happened if he even said it like four days earlier right it was it was absolutely perfect for sean payton he knew, they probably he had knew all these agreements in, yep, in yep. place he that knew it was coming out the next day <laughs> and at the same time i mean the flip side mike shanahan he 
like we've all heard the stories about him calling up reporters oh, yeah. saying like, well, why did you write that? Why did you write this? And I get that like That's what's written though. in the newspaper is different than what's on Twitter, but it's a lot. It's I don't a, like that. That either. kind of is the online n- newspaper. I mean, you're all. No, because one one is behind the scenes. One is a phone call between one person yeah. and another. Mm, the the other is out in public. Yeah. And but again, I, if he had come out there and said, like, who even are you? Or, like, uh, who are you to be saying that stuff? All Like, the, I really like the fact they just kept it simple. He's like, we have this many done. We'll tell you when we're ready. Like, that, to me, that's just so simple. That was a disagreement between Henry and was. I. And so I want to I see where you're at. Henry took that as he was just stating the facts. And I, I took that last part that he said, like, we'll tell you when we're ready as very much a shot. And yeah, kind yeah. of like uh, I'm way bigger than you, bud. Uh, I don't even I don't need to go even that far, but it was clearly like you don't know what you're talking mm-hmm. about. Yeah. Like, yeah. things are in place just because you don't know about it doesn't mean they aren't. You're you're not the be all end all of information. Um, again, it was just odd. Like, in I think anyone can agree. I know the fans loved it, and I get mm-hmm. it. Like. People love seeing people get dunked on. Like mm-hmm. once a year, I'll dunk on someone on Twitter and get you know <laughs> 500 likes for it. Um, people like seeing that. It's entertaining and funny, and that's why why we're all mm-hmm. here, right? Is to be entertained. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but Broncos do a great job. Of that. It was odd. You've never seen an NFL coach do that. No, you don't. Yeah. <laughs> and there's probably a reason for that. You yep. don't even really see college coaches do that, and they're online. Yep. And again, like that goes in the same bucket as like the fans don't like Vance Joseph. Meh, I don't care. Like, it, it, it sucks. It's going to be annoying. At the same time, though, his job is to go coach football, not to make people happy. And if he coaches good football, it's going to be fine. If, if Sean Payton wants to go on Twitter and do that stuff, I don't care at all. Like, I just, I don't care. Fair enough. I, a lot, I want to talk about that, though. A lot of people are downplaying the role, in my opinion, that the fans play in the overall atmosphere that is a, a team regardless of who they are like we can pretend right now that it doesn't matter that the fans don't like Vance Joseph but when they're booing in the second quarter of the Mm -hmm. first game because they just gave up a touchdown uh and you know whatever every time something happens like then we're gonna talk about it and everyone's gonna be like man this is bad this is a toxic environment so Mm -hmm. the fans do matter and the way the fans feel does matter it's a lot easier to say in the off season when it doesn't matter, but then you have like players saying like, "Oh yeah," especially behind closed door. Like Garrett Bowles knows when the fans are booing at him. Like, what the mm-hmm. how the fans feel about things does matter. Yeah, but getting like in the grand scheme of things, if he goes out there and just runs a good defense, everything's gonna be fine. And if he doesn't run a good defense, things won't be fine. And and I don't know. The Broncos me, were planning on firing Nathaniel Hackett at the end of the season. Then what happened? He gave up 51 points, and the players were fighting on the sidelines. And the fans lost their minds. But and, I don't think and, that was and, it, though. Well, Coaches well, get fired because of the fans all the time. Something to it is, to to Ryan's point, and I agree with you, the fans do have something to do with it. Are they mm-hmm. the biggest thing? No, but no. they have something to do with it. You started to see the no-show count grow mm-hmm. from the year before it was embarrassing, and you started to see it grow even more from there as more games went on through the season. And fans do talk in that way and have an impact. So, yeah, it's it's it shouldn't be the reason you make decisions, but a lot of times it moves the needle in decision-making. Uh, and so I think it does matter that, that the fans are upset about this. Um, and again, does it, is it going to make any difference of the Broncos win or loss total that Sean Payton is tweeting at radio hosts? (laughs) Uh, no, it's just odd. 
It is. It is odd. Mm-hmm. And there was another odd hire that I want to see what you guys think about. First, I got to tell you about our friends over at DraftKings Sportsbook. If they had odds on Davis Webb being on Sean Payton's staff, plus 10,000? I mean, what what would it have been? It may, maybe not that much since there was some buzz last year. Plus 1,000, but it would have been good odds over at DraftKings Sportsbook, unlike Jokic getting a triple-double and the Nuggets winning, which is just wild that it's at plus 260. But, hey, That's it just shows that he's, the, he's yep. good, that good at it. You get $26. if You win $26 if you bet $10, and the Nuggets just continue to dominate. So if you want to get in on their championship odds, I think that's where the best value is for the Nuggets right now. Plus 800, I believe, yes, before the game yesterday. Maybe it's starting to fall a little bit after a big road win against Cleveland last night. You can get in on that. There's no value with Jokic winning MVP anymore. There's no value with the Nuggets being the one seed. I think Mm -hmm. the value is with that championship, and it's probably where the value is with the Avs as well. So check them out over at DraftKings Sportsbook. Use the promo code DNVR when you sign up to get all these offers. You can even look at NFL futures if you want. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. And if you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. And, of course, void in Ohio. And if you want to go see Nicole Jokic or go see those Avalanche, then uh, we have an awesome opportunity for you. We have partnered with Breckenridge Brewery for the ultimate game day experience giveaway. On March 30th, the Nuggets play the New Orleans Pelicans. And with Breckenridge Brewery, we are giving away two tickets, courtside row two, with a Club Lexus uh, pass, a parking pass, DNVR gear, and uh, Again, that's March 30th against the Pelicans. The Avs game, March 9th against the Kings. These are also two tickets. Section 102, row 5. For those of you who don't know, those are really awesome seats. Uh, Club Lexus access, parking pass, DMVR gear, all that sort of stuff. So go to thednvr.com slash Breck Sweeps and complete the form to enter. Must be 21 or older. The link is also in the show description. Uh, Winners will be selected one week before each game. All right. The next controversial hire that Sean Payton made yesterday was bringing in Davis Webb (laughs) to be the Broncos quarterback coach, 28 years old, played in the NFL last year, was Daniel Jones' backup. What would you guys think? Well, uh, I already have a fractured relationship with Davis Webb. That's right. Oh, it's true. (laughs) Yep. Um, His name could have been on your shirt. Uh, this was in, made in 1989. His so name couldn't have been on your shirt. Uh, no, 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 he wasn't. <laughs> no, uh, I wasn't even born. Um, I'm I'm joking a little bit here, but mm-hmm. I just have to tell the story because I, I I would be remiss if I didn't. Davis Webb was a, uh, the backup to Patrick Mahomes at Texas Tech, mm-hmm. um, and once he knew that Tech that that Patrick Mahomes was you know taking that over, he entered the transfer portal uh, mm-hmm. as a grad transfer. Mm-hmm which, you know, this was before you could just transfer and play immediately. He was ready to play immediately. Um, the Buffs had a very good team. I know that sounds unbelievable because yep. it was just a few <laughs> years ago. The Buffs actually had a very good team. And then it comes out that Davis Webb, who was slinging that thing at Texas mm-hmm. Tech before Patrick Mahomes came in, is transferring to Colorado. Mm-hmm. What a moment. Every, electric. <laughs> uh, there was like four NFL future NFL draft picks in the secondary um, Sefa Lufa at the time was struggling mightily at quarterback. Yeah. Here comes Davis Webb to give the Buffs a quarterback they need to save the day. Amazing. Everyone, you know, he signed his papers. He's oh, done everything. Man, spring, let's go. Spring ball starts like next week. It's going to Cal. <laughs> no longer <laughs> no. coming to see. He had an apartment, apparently. Wow. Already booked. 
Last second flips and goes to Cal. It was a disastrous time in uh, in Buffs Nation. <laughs> People were so upset, sad, mad, angry, all this stuff. Mm-hmm. But okay, there's a happy ending to this story because Sefo Lufau, yeah. in his fourth year as a starter, has a career season, uh, becomes an all-time great buff. The Buffs have the best season they've had since 2001. Uh, or in that area. Uh, and so it, it, the story has a happy ending, but it was an ugly, <laughs> ugly time uh, to be a Buffs fan at that time. And that was only like one part of a crazy story for Davis Webb. Because I hadn't like connected all the dots. I kind of like looked through the thing. But I was talking to Dre before this, and he pointed it out. Like the last eight years or so are just unbelievable. Ten years, really, I guess. So Cliff Kingsbury is the one who recruits him to Texas Tech. Yep. He goes to Texas Tech. He and Baker Mayfield are both freshmen there. They're they're like co-backups. They're taking turns uh, whenever like they're up by a lot or down by a lot or whatever. Davis beats out Baker, forces Baker to transfer out, and then Mahomes comes in. Mahomes passes him. That's when he transfers out. He goes to Cal. Obviously, we kind of covered all that. Winds up being like a third-round draft pick. Um, goes to the Giants. And then to the Bills, and with the Bills, the Bills fans say that he was like a, a big reason why Josh Allen was able to like learn a bunch of things second and third year. Dable leaves to go to the Giants. Dable brings Davis with him to the Giants. Then all the Giants fans are saying like, yeah, Daniel Jones? That's because Davis Webb was sitting right there asking all these questions, helping him out, doing all that stuff. And who knows how much of that is true. Quarterback whisperer. But what like a journey to like well, cross uh, all those paths and now be in this situation. And on top of that, why I think this is more impressive that Sean was able mm-hmm. to get him was the Bills and Sean McDermott last offseason before he fi- followed Brian Dable mm-hmm. to New York to be a backup quarterback. Uh, Sean McDermott tried to hire him as the Bills quarterback coach to stay mm-hmm with Josh Allen because of how much he had helped Josh Allen. So they tried to make him a coach last year. Is this a situation where every quarterback that Davis Webb is around turns to gold? (laughs) Baker Mayfield, Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, and then Daniel Jones having the the season of his career. How about that? I love the hire. Like, And again, in a vacuum, hiring a first-time quarterbacks coach who who knows what he is to come in and try to work with Russell Wilson – He's also like whatever six years younger, five years younger. I don't love that, but when you factor in like Sean Payton's going to be pretty hands on. You bring in Joe Lombardi, who has spent a decade as Sean Payton's quarterbacks coach in New Orleans. It's not like this is just you Davis have, Webb on his own. You have an it's, adult in the room, exactly. And then you throw in whatever veteran backup they bring in, and there's one more person to like ask questions and point things out in, in meetings, and it just seems like you have so many different, really smart offensive minds all around Russell Wilson. And that is probably the best thing that could have happened this offseason. Yeah, the it's it's striking at first. Yes. yes. When you hear it's a guy that's played in the league only a couple years as a backup. He's 28 years old. He's six years younger than Russell Wilson, the guy mm-hmm. that he's going to be coaching and supposed to have the closest relationship with in the building. So Russell Wilson w- wins the Super Bowl in what year? 2013? Yep. How mm-hmm. old is Davis Webb at that time? He would have been a freshman at Texas Tech. That's yep. when he was going back and forth with Baker. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> How crazy is that? So at first it's like, 
oh my gosh, what in the world? But then you realize how smart this guy is, specifically <laughs> from a quarterback position. You read some of the stories Not about smart him. Not in Boulder. Oh, there you go. You read some stories I'm about not him. Hold this again. Where did he go? Oh yeah, uh, UC Berkeley. Ever heard of it? Yeah, yeah. It's a pretty good school. <laughs> uh, he, he, you should re- hear the stories about him working with the quarterbacks, Daniel Jones, uh, and he, he essentially has been the quarterbacks coach for these guys these uh-huh. past few years. He understood his role, and I wouldn't be surprised if he's getting a pay raise to come do this job from being a player to now being a coach. And this is another position where the Broncos and Sean Payton could take a gamble because Mm -hmm. if Davis Webb doesn't work out, it's probably not going to impact the team that much, especially he knows who Davis Webb is. He knows that he's not going to come in and be a massive failure. If he's great, then they can promote him to offensive coordinator next year. If he leaves Mm -hmm. as for a head coach, that means he's done a fantastic job with Russell Wilson and this quarterback room. Uh, But we know that Sean Payton's going to be so involved. So I don't think there's, there's a, a massive risk here. I'm now just realizing also like, Davis Webb and Sefa Lufau rubbed shoulders for a few days. Then oh, Sefo had the best wow. year of his career. Oh, how That's about true. That? He's literally like good luck Chuck. We need to get him in here. Yeah. Just make us Whoa. better podcasts. Pods of our lives. Yeah. We'd have to start like a flag football team or something. Right. With only quarterbacks. And we'll just be great. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, I wonder like if it. he would be the fla- or the quarterback of our flag football team. That uh, would actually be super sick. I would actually he might throw it too hard. <laughs> I mean it's very I, true. I think it'd be smart enough to know not to. I don't know, like one, one thousand, two, a thousand, some pressure on him. <laughs> he slings that thing, it hits Henry in the chest. Now we're going to the hospital. And he's no, made like six five, two thirty. Like he's a big yeah, he's, guy. He's strong. Yeah, big boy. And an- another thing with this is we know Jay Keeps was involved in around the building a lot last year. Russell Wilson's personal. He was around heats. Uh, was his personal quarterback coach. A lot of drama with that. Obviously, he's not going to be in the building this year. Jay Keeps, 31 years old. So Russell Wilson liked working with someone who was younger, who didn't seem like just this coach figure that was just going to talk down to him, someone he could relate to, well, 28 years old, someone that he's going to be able to relate to in a similar way of Jay Keeps. I think you guys have talked me into this being my favorite hire so far. Oh. It's definitely the most fun hire. Yeah. Like, um, just coming out of nowhere. I think the downside is almost non-existent because essentially mm-hmm. if it doesn't work out, you just, like, move him aside right you have joe lombardi right right, there exactly uh and and so and sean payton right like the 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 chain of command is like two quarterback whispers and then potentially a quarterback whisperer of the future yeah i mean it's probably more likely that next year someone's either trying to hire davis webb as their offensive coordinator or their head coach (sighs) than it is that he like flames (sighs) out and doesn't work because yeah like I said, even if it doesn't work out for him, if they're like, yeah, I don't think what he's telling Russ is really clicking, they'll just like move. They'll just be like, okay, uh, Lombardi, you got to go work a little bit closer, more closely. Exactly. And if Russell Wilson doesn't work out this year, that's not going to be a negative look for Sean Payton, for Joe Lombardi, probably for Davis Webb either. And then they'll bring in another guy who's probably going to be younger. <laughs> and then Davis Webb's going to be an older guy <laughs> compared to the young guy. And yeah. Nick Rallis. So he he's the new defensive coordinator for the Cardinals. 29 years old. Youngest coordinator in NFL history. Davis will turn 29 January 22nd of next year. So Oops. if somebody puts together a staff quickly and hires him, he would get the first of 28. 
But I think more but likely... He would probably be still by days the youngest coordinator ever if he got it next year. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. And I think that if, if he was that good, they'd probably just promote him and say, like, Joe Lombardi, guess what? You're now a passing game coordinator. You're assistant head coach, and you get a pay bump. Best best outcome is Joe Lombardi. We still don't know if he's the offensive coordinator. I think Sean Payton's trying to see if there's another person he's going to bring <laughs> an offensive coordinator, essentially bump someone up from quarterback True. coach, bring them in. Uh, but what would be the best case, probably not going to happen, Joe Lombardi gets a head coaching job uh. next year. Then you bump Davis Webb up to offensive coordinator. Probably not going to happen because mm-hmm. he's not even calling plays. Super best case, Davis Webb is so good that Sean Payton sees how good he is and says, you know what? I owe it to the Broncos to step down from my position and hand you the reins. <laughs> <laughs> Why would that be good, though? Yeah, because he's, because Davis leaving. Webb is that good. Then or he, he says, trades, like, I'll be your OC. Is that better? all that for one year. <laughs> hey, if, if team gets better, if Davis Webb is that good. This is interesting. I need to know who the quarterback was that backed him up at Cal that year to see if they also oh, had a career year the next Very year. true. That's a good Chase question. Garbers, maybe? That feels... I just want to name a name before I yeah, look. I, I was thinking Jared Goff for a second, but that's reverse. He yep. preceded. He filled in for him. Yep. Maybe still some rubbing of the shoulders. Potentially. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Maybe they hung out this <laughs> last offseason. That's why golf is so good for the Lions this year. Um, any other takeaways? So the Broncos coaching staff pretty much filled out, like I said, offensive coordinator open. Joe Lombardi doesn't have a title yet. He could eventually be the offensive coordinator. Um, any running back coach is still open. CJ Anderson put his yeah, ring love in the hat yesterday. Put his ring in the hat. <laughs> put his hat in the ring yesterday. So that's a saying. Uh, he he threw his hat in the ring. Okay, I was asked. It, I had one of these moments last night where I'm like, "Is this a saying?" I asked my fiance. She's like, "I don't know," and I was, I'm just gonna avoid it completely. Put his ring in the hat would be like, I don't know, like <laughs> everyone puts their <laughs> ring in a hat. You shake it out, you pull oh, one out, okay. which could kind of okay. work. Yeah, yeah maybe it could work. Yeah, and he has a ring, so yeah, he he does a big. That would be the easiest one to pull out. Speaking of big rings, Alyssa, new head of production here True. at uh, DNVR, comes over from Altitude. Was part of you know the coverage of the Stanley Cup last year. Yeah. Yesterday, brought in her Stanley oh, Cup ring. Oh man! Got to put it on. Was gonna tweet out a picture, but my hands are kind of ugly. Oh. Just know, it's fire. Wait, heavy. I think this weekend you need to go get a manicure, Ooh. and then so you can come there's, in on Monday. I don't Monday, know if there's anything you can do about me just chomping my nails <laughs> down. That's very nothing. true. Yeah, my nails are pretty gross too. Um, <laughs> but uh, other than that, staff pretty much set. We know defense. We know all the defensive guys. Matt Patricia may join on in like a senior advisor role but other than that we know all the position coaches uh special teams we know the coordinator we know the assistant head coach is going to help with well, the special teams have we do we have confirmation on lombardi's official title yet no that's the only thing we don't know which um, is interesting it is interesting because that's, I that's what leaves offensive coordinator exactly open it reminds me of a relationship comparison ah. oh so you meet this girl uh and you really like her right and you're like, I think I want you to be my girlfriend. The only thing is, I have a couple <laughs> other dates set up. <laughs> and there's a chance I might find another girl that I want to be my girlfriend more between now and next week. So just stay right there. Might be my girlfriend in the future. I think what? it makes even more sense if that f- girl is your ex. You know, because it's like they had that oh. history before. So you're like, oh, I, I just got I out of it. I might want to get back yeah, together. Yeah, it's like, oh, we should go on a date. But then you also have this date set up with like, a better girl if we're just being frank about it and and so you're like oh well better girl might come along if not 
nice nice you, girl there. You're here. You stay right but, here. This, this but, girl will be a good girl. Uh, another thing thrown into this is you've already guaranteed your ex that she's at least going to be in the picture. Mm. Because so you're, saying, bonus. you're saying you're going to be... Uh, in the friend group. Maybe a little more though, wow. but but the Whoa. other person's Minimum gonna know about this. The, the other, other person's gonna know about this as well because they they've hired him. Yeah, it's kind of weird. <laughs> um, if I would have just not let Mike Cliss say it that way. Yeah, <laughs> and also Joe Lombardi's been available for a month now, so like you probably didn't have to make it official yesterday. Probably could have waited until you found mm-hmm. out your what else you're doing True. at offensive coordinator before going after. But what's, yep. What other positions are open? Like, if he's not the offensive coordinator, what is he, offensive analyst? Yeah, like he could be senior, a senior. Whatever, huge yeah. drop. But the eh, pay, they, they if, could yeah. make it the same pay. You if know? he's still in there working on game planning and all that sort of stuff, and that's his main... Like, if you... He'd just kind of become assistant to the offensive coordinator in that role. Like, he'd just be, like, a third voice in that room or a fourth or whoever would work out, and you pay him the same regardless. That's and I would it. also... This is just a guess, but I'd guess that they figured this out, like, a month ago. I agree. There was no reason to announce yeah. it yesterday. I mean, there's, as Sean Payton clearly believes, why even announce it? Like, who, who cares? Get to work. <laughs> we don't need to flex on every accomplishment. They know. Um, yeah, it's odd. Should we get into grades? Let's get into grades. Let's grade it what up. What grade are you giving this coaching staff? And so the way that I had you here make this graphic, as we can see, mm-hmm. Grading Sean Payton's coaching staff. The way I view uh, this, and we can change it if you guys yep, want. Yep, yep. We've already given a grade to Sean Payton being hired. Mm-hmm. Now this is the staff below him. Kay. So for me, Kay. I wasn't going to include Sean Payton mm-hmm. in this. This is a, a big swing, but I it, think you're it right. Is. I think this is the right way to do it. You guys know, especially people who watch this show often, I am an extremely positive person. Yeah. I, I always want to be on the positive side of things. It's just my like general outlook on life. I just end up there. Um, and I also am never going to just sit here and like feign outrage to just like try and stir everyone up and mm-hmm. say like, this is a disaster. Yeah. Especially because like, we don't know. We are projecting, and I think it would be silly to sit here and say this is a disaster, and I think there's probably some shock jock radio people saying this is a disaster. Mm-hmm. I bet. Um, but I also ha- I also like to keep it a buck with you guys, uh, and so I'm not going to pretend that I love this mm-hmm. if I don't, and that's where I'm at. Mm-hmm. Um, I got to be honest, there is not one hire on this staff huh. so far that I have said, man, I love that. Now, Davis Webb, you guys kind of talked me into. Um, And I've come around on that. That's now certainly my favorite hire of the cycle. Outside of that, man, I just go through the list, and I'm just like, okay, okay, huh, okay, okay. Not one was there like, now this is going to be sick, Mm -hmm. or like this is interesting. If they would have gotten Vic Fangio to be the defensive coordinator, I would have said that is an A-plus poll. Even Brian Flores, I would have been, you know, uh, excited about. you, you go down the list. There's nothing in here that makes me go, hmm. wow, what a hire. And so I'm, I'm concerned. Uh, and, and I think there's a decent chance that Sean Payton is just such a good coach that this stuff kind of irons itself out. Yeah. And guys like Davis Webb end up looking like geniuses and get elevated because they're working in this environment. Um, and I think there's a chance that Vance Joseph has enough talent on the defensive side of the ball to – essentially have like some of the best seasons of his career here in Denver, especially with some offensive help. 
as he would tell you, you just got to get a lead and all of a sudden <laughs> the defense yeah. gets kicking. Uh, but no, nothing about this excites me. So it's a C. It's a C. Hmm. So average. And honestly, An average I came. I woke up this morning at C minus. Davis Webb, you guys got me excited. There we about go, the, the young guy. <laughs> Henry, where are you? I've got to be. Okay. I think I think that that's it's very solid. It's very consistent, and I think that there are people who I'm very excited about. Obviously, Davis Webb. I think Mike Westhoff was a great hire. Oh, I think everything they did with the special team staff was awesome. I do want to add the two guys that they brought back. This is probably my two yep. favorite things before Davis mm -hmm. Webb. And that's where I was going to go. I mean, Christian Parker to me is an A. I think that bringing back uh, the defensive line coach, Marcus, Marcus Dixon, Dixon, there we go. Um, he That's another great hire. And sure, like Vance Joseph to me, C plus, C, something like that. And and that kind of drags things down. But I don't know. I'm not grading things on like a Sean Payton curve either. You know, I'm not I'm not factoring in that I thought like Vic Fangio is probably going to be a guy. This guy's probably going to be a guy. In terms of like bringing in an NFL coaching staff, I think it's a B. I think it's a B. Man, and I'm right in between you guys and I was before either of you talked and I couldn't decide C plus, B minus. Oh, it's big. I, it is I'll be oh. nice, be, but All I mean, right. it, it, I want to go both, but I'll, I'll go B minus here. Um, and what brings it up? What kicks it up to being mm -hmm. a B instead of a C plus? Mike Westhoff being I the assistant it. head coach. I like that he's not just wow. an advisor or a special teams advisor or the assistant special teams coordinator. I hope he has a lot more power than just special teams. I think he is an absolute ace. I think Sean Payton really wanted him, and the fact that he was get, got him is good. When I look at the rest of the coaching staff, Vance Joseph, average hire. So mm -hmm. C. The rest of the defense, the two other guys on defense, I should say, the, I should say with everyone, there's no risk of disaster with this staff. So I, outside of Davis Webb, um, who would be... Uh, Davis Webb has like fallback though exactly, exactly. like exactly. he's so insulated like you don't think there's any chance of failure for zach streif uh, i mean compared to last year though potentially but the problem with last year is you brought in a guy with no uh experience a worst case scenario you're getting better though or, or very little experience I think worst what, case scenario what, i think you're getting better what makes me still. feel better and and fine about zach streif is sean payton's been around him for 15 years True. for sure and that that absolutely um gives me more confidence i just mm -hmm. like Two years ago, we had Mike Munchek as the Broncos' True. offensive yeah. line coach, and yeah. now we have a guy who's never done it before. Yeah, no, it cer certainly. So I, they're, they're, mm -hmm. um, Vance Joseph honestly may have the lowest floor of any of these guys because he has produced. Highest it, it, floor. No, no, the lowest floor. Lowest floor. Uh, or the lowest seat. Yeah, no, lowest floor because he has produced in seven mm. of his years leading a defense, two bottom five defenses, okay. yeah. last year being the second worst. Uh, and I think that's an average hire. You look around, I don't see there being much failure. I also... A lot of these guys, six of the eight position coaches that have been hired have been former players mm -hmm. in the NFL. Uh, so that's kind of some stability there. You, clearly, Sean Payton uh, likes that a lot, especially with Vic, with Vance Joseph having been, been an NFL player. Um, but when you look, there's no Mike Munchaks of the group. There, there's yep. no Vic Fangio's where you're looking and saying, whoa, what a home run outside of Mike, uh, Mike Westhoff. Yeah, I totally agree. Like, that's where I'm at. Like, I, there, there's nobody who really disappoints me, and, and except for Vance Joseph, and he really disappoints me because when I was in college, he ruined my Broncos fandom for two years. It just made me miserable. <laughs> and outside of that, he's like, yeah, sure, it's fine. And, and to me, like, that, that is the bottom of the barrel.
Yeah, I guess for me it's um, like I think Vance Joseph would be an average hire for any other team. Um, but <laughs> you're throwing him into a mm. like a bear pit. Just fair. And I just mm-hmm. don't like that. I, it doesn't seem <laughs> smart to me. Um, I would love nothing more than the Vance Joseph redemption story yep. uh, here in Denver. Like he puts together two top ten or top five defenses over the next couple of years. The Broncos make the playoffs. <laughs> like everyone's like, man, like Vance is just one of those guys who was a great coordinator, did, didn't work out as a head coach. Maybe next time he does a head coach. Like I want that to happen. Yeah. <laughs> um, but as a hire, like I'm grading it on the whole scale. Yeah. Part of it, a part of that scale to me. Uh, and I know some people disagree with it, is just the fan feeling about it, and it's the worst it could be. Mm-hmm. Talk about the redemption stories that could be happening in Denver this year. Vance Joseph, you just laid out the case. Russell Wilson could be one of those. Speaking of Russ, another big article coming out about Russ today. Let's dive into that. But first, I got to tell you about our friends here? over at Jive Hive. I agree with you. And what you're doing this weekend is you're calling up our friends over at Jive Hive. Whether... Cold today. Things can be a little better, but still, you don't want to leave your house on the weekend. You want to check out Jive Hive, where they're going to deliver weed straight to you. And not only is it a great service, very convenient for you, but it's going to give you even more affordable options because they don't have any brick-and-mortar stores where they're paying for a lot of overhead for stores all around the city. No, they don't have stores. They deliver straight to you, so it's convenient. It's affordable. You get privacy and security because they just bring it straight to your house. And if you've been partying already, you don't have to worry about how you're going to get yourself to a store. They're going to come straight to you. So check them out over at jivehive.com. That's J-I-V-E-H-Y-V-E.com in order to check out everything they've got. They're delivering to Aurora, Greenwood Village, Monument, Fountain, and various areas of El Paso County. And make sure to just keep checking them out, jivehive.com, to see when they try to expand their areas of where they deliver. You can also just use the QR code on our screen. And if you make the horrible decision to not order from Jive Hive and you venture out into the snow and the ice and a terrible, terrible driver rams his truck right into you and you're walking with your dog, your two oh. dogs, both puppies. Leave the dogs Neither out old. of this, oh bro. No, no, I'm it's just saying, like, dark. do you want, I mean, this is this is why you call. This is why you call, because it's terrible. It's, it's terrible stuff. But if that sounds like what has happened to you, then you should call Bacchus and Shanker, because they will get you compensated for the horrible thing that the terrible driver did to you. Um, they are uh, Colorado's top injury attorneys, and they won't charge you until they win your case. So you can call it 222-2222 to set up a consultation. They'll they'll let you know whether you have a case, whether they'll take your case, and they won't charge you fees as they work all the way through until they win your case. Uh, they've won over a billion dollars for their clients. They serve all of Colorado. They've been here for more than 25 years. They've got neighborhood offices in Denver, Aurora, Inglewood, Fort Collins, and they have the strength and power to win your case with more than 30 lawyers and a massive staff. So... Backus and Shaker helps with all kinds of injury cases where you weren't at fault. Car accidents, motorcycle, rideshare, pedestrians, trucks. They can even help if you've been injured at work. Call them at 222-2222 to find out if you have a case for free. Love it. And Edward actually points out something cool here. We, we usually have like a theme for our, mm-hmm. our season of coverage. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, last year obviously was Let's Ride and that sort of thing. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> um, but we, we usually come up with like our own yeah. side thing mm-hmm. that's ours. This year, redemption. I yeah. like that. I For like everybody. It's a season of redemption. Yeah. Like all the way through. 
I mean, and I guess that's what happens with even five games. But we hit on a couple of them. But even like Cortland Sutton, like is Jerry Judy a top receiver? Yeah. Uh, this offensive line, you know, Javante Williams potentially coming back from an injury. The defense and all that. I mean, KJ Hamler. Yeah, it's all their chances to not to redeem to not suck like they did. Most notably, Vance Joseph. And, and Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson. <laughs> yes. Russell Wilson um, a uh, people were classifying it as a, it was a bombshell piece that came out on the Athletic today from a Broncos perspective. And I guess the biggest news there would be from a Seattle standpoint of that mm-hmm. Russell Wilson uh, asked. Reportedly told Seattle uh, ownership that it was uh, you had to fire the general manager and the head coach Pete Carroll, uh, or else it was him. He needed to go, uh, and obviously they chose to uh, keep those guys and move on from Russell Wilson. From a Broncos standpoint, nothing much was brand new Mm -hmm. here. They really just dove into uh, the antics of Russell Wilson last year and not even a power struggle, just how much power Russell Wilson had. I think the biggest thing was that Jerry took his office away and kicked out his staff. Exactly. I think that that is pretty big stuff. Because I remember thinking in the locker room, like, huh, Russell seems to be here more toward the end of the season. I wonder wonder what that's about. Like, as he's trying to, like, build up some relationship, be around, apparently that's what was going down. And Jerry in the story, too, is like, yeah, I mean, not much of a difference other than he was just in the locker room more. And I was like, oh, wait, he was. That's why, wasn't it? Thanks, Jerry. You should have just told me that. Yeah, it's funny that um, I saw like one of those football aggregator accounts that just like takes stuff from articles and posts it. Um, say like, wow, according to the Athletic, Russell Wilson had his own office on the second <laughs> right, floor. Right. I went back and looked. I broke that in June of last year on this show. Yeah, that has yeah. almost been out there, and I'm pretty sure I was the first person to share it for a year. And people are like, just now, like, wow, mm-hmm. bombshell. Yeah. Yeah, and and that's exactly right. Yep. And Henry, there there were two things that I took from this, mm-hmm. and that was one of them. You, yep. you said it. The Jerry knew what was going on. I mean, the first day he took over, with less than two weeks left, he said, "I'm firing the special teams coordinator. I'm firing the offensive line coach because what they're doing is not good, not making it work." And then he also said something else that's not working and not making it work as Russell Wilson having this power that no player should have, that no player comes close to having on this team. Uh, by the end of the season, his his office was cleared out, which apparently, according to this article, had lots of things in the office, a lot of uh, quotes on the wall, a lot of new play designs on the wall that he was implementing into games. And then also, Jake Heaps was no longer in the building. And as Ryan said earlier, Jake was uh, around the building a heap load uh, mm-hmm. before <laughs> then. So Sean Payton coming in. Thank you, Jerry Rosberg. You've already done the the hard work for Sean Payton here. Another Mm -hmm. reason why Jerry Rosberg should get a lot of credit. And then maybe there's some correlation here, but also obviously what Justin Outen did with game calling uh, those final two weeks. Russell Wilson went on to have the best two-game stretch of his season. Yeah. Well, and then there was also the part about... uh, uh, so we knew about the Tuesday, like state of the team, whatever he called it. State, yep, state of the team. Yeah, weird stuff. You love to hear that they're coming in and doing extra work, but the, I loved when the anonymous coach said, "Like, yeah, he'd he'd give out his uh, his like notes on the opposing team and like old game plan, old scouting report." We sometimes disagreed with what he had in that scouting report mm-hmm. that he was handing out, and like the idea that him and his personal quarterbacks coach were going in there and doing that much of the thinking and telling people what was going on and what they need to know. 
let the coaches do the coaching. Like, I get that you want to be that guy, but I don't even think, like, Tom Brady is really that guy. Not to that extent, because his whole thing is, like, treat me like one of the guys. Let me be in the locker room. Yeah, and he has I some bet, of that stuff. I but, bet ugh. Tom Brady has a lot of behind-the-scenes conversations mm-hmm. with the coaching staff, oh, but, God. like, out front of everyone, yes. it, the co- he lets the coaches coach. You, yeah. you work alongside the coaches. You can meet with the coaches early Monday morning, late Monday night, early Tuesday morning. Mm-hmm. Give them your input. And then they'll work with you on what they think is right, what they think is wrong. Then, like you said, they present it mm-hmm. to the team. And then also, you do it that way so that on Thursday, the quarterback isn't coming in and saying, well, I agree. I disagree with what the coach is saying. Mm-hmm. And then there's obvious friction that's very clear. So you do it a different way. You mm-hmm. are not a coach. And one of the reasons, in my opinion, why the Broncos wanted Sean Payton or Jim Harbaugh was there was going to be no question of who was in charge, specifically mm-hmm. when it came to Russell Wilson, and Sean Payton has already made that clear. Yeah. I think my favorite, uh, the, not even my favorite part, I think one of the things that I came away from that, just thinking about for like 15 minutes, was about how Jerry was kind of like an angel, like out of the Bible, who just like wow. arrived for like two weeks when everybody was at their lowest. Oh, I was thinking Jerry Judy. Was no, like, no, oh, no, 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 no. He's... No, um, but, but yeah, but like with Jerry, he comes in, he's like, don't worry, guys. If you guys just do these things and play this way and focus on this stuff, everything's going to be fine. The owners are good. I'm going to set the tone here. And then it's up to you to just do all of these things. Everything will be fine. And then psh, there he goes again. And everybody just thinks like, ah, oh, Jerry, I really think that that could kind of be at like a turning point. Maybe, maybe. I mean, it is really he Sean Payton should call him up and be like, thank you. Yeah, <laughs> um, he did like the hardest part. Yep, uh, and he he was in such like Henry said he's kind of in a unique position to do it with no backlash. Yeah, what's like what like what, he's just thinking like what are, what is Russell Wilson gonna do? Hate me for two weeks? Right, right, right. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? Like he was also a self aware guy. I don't think he ever thought that he was gonna get the job mm-hmm. uh, after his interim stint, and so he was just like I'm. A lot of interim coaches just come in and they're like, yeah, guys, like I'm the new coach. We're going to keep things pretty much the same. Yeah. I don't want to change things up on you. No, no, no. Jerry Rosberg came in and said, you suck, you're fired. You suck, you're fired. <laughs> yeah. That guy's got to go. He doesn't even work here. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And why it's do you so have comical. an office? You're a player. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> exactly. so, it's obvious stuff when you take a step back. Yeah. Yeah. And it shows you just how bad the dynamics were. And mm-hmm. obviously, it's not all Russell Wilson's fault. It's not all Nathaniel Hackett's fault. Someone who I think has totally escaped all of this is George Payton. And he was in charge of Nathaniel Hackett, of Russell Wilson. And he's just flown under the radar. Mm-hmm. And I, I, won't, I won't say anything <laughs> more about it, but it is kind of fascinating. <laughs> I mean, he was in charge and overseeing all of this. As it happened, was he mentioned in the athletic article? Um, Hardly at all. Not that I, yeah, not not that I can remember. Mm-hmm. Um, and the the one other takeaway from this is that Russell Wilson has wanted to be coached by Sean Payton for a while. Is that mm-hmm. mind blowing news? No. Well, Russell, what what Sean Payton has done as an offensive genius has been amazing. I'm sure mm-hmm. a lot of a lot of top quarterbacks want to be coached by him. But the fact that he mentioned Sean Payton's name last year before even being traded to Denver shows just how much he really wanted him this year. And we mm-hmm. know that he made the phone call to Sean during this offseason, during this program about it. But it shows just, man, how, how much he's looking forward to working with Sean. Yeah. yeah. I just love the first... first. 
<laughs> six words of that sentence. Russell Wilson wants to be coached. Yeah. Yes. I don't even care by who. Yeah. It, it turns out to be great that the Broncos head coach is the top of that list. I just like to hear Russell Wilson wants to be coached because I think uh, it's really important to anything working with whoever here. And I think that he learned that last year. I think, and uh, many reports have made it clear, Russell Wilson wanted to do it his way for a decade, uh-huh. or maybe, you know, half a decade after it worked for five years in Seattle. He wanted to do it his way. He wanted to cook. He wanted to be the one throwing the ball around. He wanted mm-hmm. to run his offense the way he wanted it. He got that last year, and it failed miserably. Yep. Now I think Russell Wilson understands how important coaching is, how important independent coaching is how important it is to listen to your coaches uh and and the reason is he wants his legacy to be bigger than just him running the show right now so i think he understands okay what i did trying to be my own coach last year uh did not work and henry stay out of the comments section (laughs) stay focused on this show hold on you're Uh, the hater one more thing here that came out about russell wilson yesterday which is just like it's so surprising to me that we find out about this so much later down the road. Yeah. Um, but it was the Ryan Leaf clip talking about how Russell Wilson's, for lack of a better term, like mind coach, yeah. uh, mm-hmm. passed away from brain cancer uh, in 2021. Mm-hmm. When last year was the first season that Russ didn't have him to work with leading up to the season. And, you know, he talked about like the neutral mindset and how you don't let anything get you down. And you saw Russell, you know, Russ certainly trying to uh, stay with that as long, you know, and and not let negative thoughts and negative feelings about the season, you know, uh, impact the way that he thought. But it was really fascinating hearing Ryan Leaf talk about it, who Ryan Leaf worked with the same person uh, when he got out of prison and essentially said, like, this dude helped save my life. Mm -hmm. Um, And and just kind of a sad story that Mm -hmm. this guy who, uh, you know, a lot of people regarded as a genius and certainly made a positive impact on a lot of people, uh, passes away and it's just like a, a piece of the story that it's crazy to me that we don't find until almost halfway through the the off season yeah after the season and just imagine how important that person is just mm-hmm. in, in anyone's life that that uses a mind coach um but specifically when you're talking about football mm-hmm. uh, and how mental of a game it is and not just dealing with football but dealing with all of the drama that he had to go through last offseason before being traded and then being put in a new place, wouldn't you think that's when you need someone the most uh, to help change your mindset and to help adapt to new places? And then especially during the season when he faces the most adversity he's ever faced in his career to not have that person. And we know that he's mm-hmm. surrounded himself with other people, other mind coaches, um, someone that Michael Jordan has worked with uh, yep. and, and other top athletes. So he, he did surround himself with someone, but when you have someone work with you for so long and then the person's not there, you have to imagine that has an impact. Totally. Too. And again, and it's really easy. And, and honestly, mostly the right opinion is to say, yeah, Russell Wilson gets some hate for how he plays. And that just comes with the territory and he makes a quarter billion dollars. And like, sometimes you have to live with that sort of stuff, but like losing that coach probably hurt. He also lost his dad. Like there are some really tough parts of his life that should make it really easy to root for him. Like, and somehow everything's turned into like, Oh, Russell, this Russell, that ha ha ha. What a loser. And again, guy makes a quarter billion dollars playing football. I think he'll take the, that, that sort of treatment along with that kind of money. Cause again, it comes with the territory, but Hopefully things work out. 
also, hopefully things work out. And hopefully 15 years from now, people look back on Russell Wilson and say like, oh, this is our guy. This is awesome. Oh, just like Peyton. Guess what? The Seahawks fans hate him. He's ours now because he did this for us. And there he is coming out here. Him and Peyton are sharing a, a box tw- two games a season. And, and there's still a chance it happens. And I think it's easy to get lost in the fact that he was bad and the team was bad and he he did some weird things. But there, there's still four years left on this contract, five years left on this contract. And six years? Is it six years? I think it's actually six years, isn't it? Five um, plus he would have yep. had this one. Yep. Six more years to figure it out. Maybe. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I'm with you, Henry. I, I hope this all turns around. I would I would love to be out there defending Russell Wilson. Yeah. Uh, and just like every time anyone tries to shit on him for like some commercial he did, mm-hmm. just be like, yep, that's our guy. Right. Like, you know, exactly. Might be cringy, but he wins us games. Uh, and then just the way things fell apart last year, it was like, okay, well, now it all kind of looks kind of <laughs> bad. Um, so. Yep. And that's what it all boils down to. And people have been saying in the comments section, by the way, spicy comment section today. Mm-hmm. Um, but spicy day, spicy Friday. It, it is. Mm-hmm. What it all boils down to is, yes, winning. Yes. If if yep. Russell Wilson wins, then yeah, everything's yep. going to be great. If he doesn't, he might be out of here after this year mm-hmm. or after next year, uh, definitely. So that's what it all boils down to. And should we talk to the spicy comment section? Let's get spicy. We got a super chat. Let's see if it's spicy coming in from Broker. It says, team slogan this year should be time of their lives. No. If the defense balls out and Vance Joseph's <laughs> no. pumped up on the sideline, could that turn into a positive thing? No. Never. Nope. Same with Let's Ride. Really? These <laughs> things need to be retired and oh. forgotten about. Oh, what if it's like a 10-0 and start, number one offense, number one quarterback, best defense in the NFL? You still think it needs to be in the grave? Fuck them. <laughs> oh, my <laughs> goodness. If, they, if they're... Go, if they won't but if they win the super bowl this year super bowl week we're gonna be leading up to it saying oh having the time of our lives <laughs> yeah, behind that yeah, defense yeah. i bet pat Sutan's out there having the time of his life locking down number ones every week i'm fine with it being a bit i mean when it's cold it's tough to survive yep and boy was it cold yesterday and was it tough for it vance tough. being it announced as the dc tough just outside too. It was like good. i i on on football related i thought yesterday was tough um <laughs> Jake and I were up at CU interviewing the assistant coaches <clears throat> and we usually do a video outside like with a beautiful background yeah, yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. in Boulder and we got out there and like everywhere was in the shade and then I was just like I'm making an executive decision we got to do this inside it's cold it's right tough. Vance was I don't want to be chattering my teeth as no. we're trying to do a video no definitely not we do have some comments on the website the count says there's a lot of poo poo being shoved on the name of Vance <laughs> Desmond Joseph and some of it is deserved but I will remind you all, as discussed by Zach and RK on the February 7th, 2019 BSN pod entitled Why Denver Fell So Fast After Super Bowl 50, that in the three calendar years following the Broncos' last hoisting of the Lombardi, the ball club had four different offensive coordinators, three different defensive coordinators, and three different head coaches. Vance may have ushered in the original (laughs) tie that led to our current climate of suck, but there have been many... Faded, mm-hmm. faded winds blowing over mile high since 2015. Let us not make VJ our lone scapegoat. Also, on that episode, Zach and RK get into the nitty-gritty of a good chicken sandwich. Love Ooh, the count. Maybe that was live from uh, Doghouse. Oh, maybe. Wow. I haven't oh, had chicken sandwich bad mother clucka at Doghouse. Oh, it sounds so <laughs> good right now. <laughs> Still goes so oh, hard. Oh, my gosh. Mm. And that's free advertising. Yeah, they earned it. 
They did. They, they fed really us did. Like yep. Once a week yep. for oh. a long time. And it was so good. Hawaiian buns. And just, I mean, the count. Bravo. February 7th, 2019 pod. Wow. Four years ago. Yeah. <laughs> wow. I'm sure the count hears me say a lot of dumb shit on these podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> well, you and me both. <laughs> Our battle, Luke says there's a lot of discussion about the perception of Broncos defense being top tier. Though they didn't finish that way, I think we can all agree that we'd rather have been the Detroit Lions top tier offense, bottom tier defense. I don't think there's any way our defense plummets that significantly, and our offense looks to be aligned to be that top tier. Couple of questions. Who are two players you want to bring in or re-sign for Vance Joseph? And the second one, what excites you more about Joe about the Joe Lombardi hire? Offensive coordinator experience with Herbert and the Chargers, or offensive coordinator experience with Megatron and the eleven and five Detroit Lions in 2014? Well, uh Chargers fans were really Chargers fan was really dunking <laughs> on the Broncos for hiring uh Joe Lombardi yesterday, so I had to get him back. I said, having Joe Lombardi on the staff is the closest the Chargers have ever been to a Lombardi. Wow. Um, and it's fact. It is yeah, fact. Yeah. Um, wow. So no, uh, I would have to go with the Lions. Me too. Um, I've said this like several times talking about Jim Caldwell, Matt Stafford. If you were part of the Lions making the playoffs, you've done something very special. True. I, I agree. And Put him in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I mean, what what was there? Uh, did they never make the playoffs with Barry Sanders? I think that might be a thing. That is just wild. If uh, they did, I think it might be they never won a playoff game with Barry Sanders. Have they ever won a playoff game in their history? Let's oh see. my <laughs> goodness. I think they won one playoff game. So then Joe Lombardi, also the closest uh, the Lions have been to a Lombardi. Yes, that's Wow, true. very tough. Ten years. Ten years. Won one playoff game. Lost like five other wild cards. With, uh, with Barry Sanders. Top three running back of all time. Is oh, that fair yeah. to say? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, easily, yeah. Yeah. Oh, Yikes. but the other part. the What two free agents would you bring in for Vance Joseph? First one, I mentioned this yesterday. Patrick Peterson needs to be like the first person you call. He's so old. Yeah, he's, he's, I, I don't love it. He's 32. He just played the most snaps he's ever played in a single season. He had the best passer rating allowed that he's given up since 2015. Wow. Third best of his career. You could make the case that he's playing the best football of his career at this point. Okay, again, Joe like, Flacco. The fact that you could get him for a third of the cost of some of these other guys. Like, if you want to talk about why the Vikings won so many games, how about their best defensive player being Patrick freaking Peterson locking guys down? Then you throw in the fact that he gets to spend all day, every day with Damari Mathis and Pat Sertan. He's right, estimated right. by Pro Football Focus to get $5 million. He, he's worked with Vance in the past. I, it just seems like such an easy answer, especially when you want to play so much man coverage. Um, and second one, since I went kind of cheap there, and honestly, I probably wouldn't go this far, but I think CJ Gardner-Johnson makes a lot of sense because yes. you get to play him in the box so much. You ask him to man up against tight ends a whole bunch. He becomes that eraser. And I know Zach doesn't want to invest in the defense. and It is what it is, but that was the question. Which two would you go after? I, I mean, think you're that talking you, about the defensive coordinator. So yeah. it's exactly. So if, if which two would you get for Vance Joseph? I think those are the two. And you, you float around the idea of like a linebacker, but 
I mean, it was like Todd Davis and Bram Marshall, and they were fun. Our guy, Bo Brock, had a fantastic mm-hmm. name that I did some digging in on more yesterday, and I think it's a fantastic fit. Defensive lineman Zach Allen True. for the Cardinals. He was a beast last year, but not just last year, and that's what Bo focused on. Mm-hmm. The past two years, he's been a full-time starter. He has had so much production, 10 sacks the past two years combined, but the quarterback hits and pressures and tackles for a loss are off the charts. And so if you move on from Draymond Jones, mm-hmm. Zach Allen could cost half half the price. Now, maybe two-thirds of the price of him, and you're getting just as much production, and you're getting a guy that clearly works very well with Vance Joseph. So I just I mm-hmm. love that option. There's a chance that the Buccaneers could potentially want to move on from uh, Shaq Barrett's contract. Oh, <laughs> welcome home. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, Vance homecoming, Shaq yeah, homecoming. Yeah, baby. Wow. Uh, that would be fun. It would be a lot of fun. <clears throat> yep. And it would give you another accomplished pass rusher, which right now you have Randy mm-hmm. Gregory and question marks. Yeah. Uh, and, and good question marks, I would say. Like, you feel confident. You've seen flashes for some of these question marks, but bringing Shaq Barrett, mm-hmm. I would be hyped. We also, if- we also don't know exactly what Vance Joseph's going to do with Baron Browning. It wouldn't be mm-hmm. out of the realm of possibility if he moves him back to inside linebacker. Oh my um, God. And that was kind of a, uh, an issue that Bo and Johnny have had with Vance yes. is not knowing where to play guys. So when you bring mm-hmm. that into the conversation, you might say that he tries to move uh, Baron back into the inside. And if that's the case... No. Hello, Shaq. No, I, I'm not saying that's what he <laughs> should know, do. Know, I'm I just know, saying yeah. you, we've yeah. got to start thinking about what these guys have told us about Vance. And that sure, would be... To be fair, Henry brought up the point that Vance Joseph was the one who did move Hassan Reddick to the outside. Like, like, that was him. He started that. It was just late, I guess. Like, he um, didn't do it the first year. So, first two years, Hassan Reddick is playing inside linebacker. Vance gets there. He plays inside linebacker. Next year, flips him outside. He's fourth in the NFL in sacks. Yeah. Goes and gets paid. Yeah. So he has, it's not all been bad. Uh, and I yeah. think he'd probably be more likely to have seen Baron Browning at inside and said that guy's probably better fitted outside. Mm-hmm. Potentially. And, and I would think that Baron Browning's outside regardless, but if they did find a way to bring Matt Patricia in to kind of run like the, the front seven, then Baron Browning kind of being, because they run that like hybrid three, four, four, three stuff, him being that, that, Four three outside linebacker might be the the best of both worlds because you yeah. get to move him around, use the athleticism in different ways, rush him off the edge. I a think that's Michael probably Parsons. his most natural fit. Yeah, basically, yeah. Yeah, I, I actually agree with you very much. Um, so yeah, Shaq uh, and then Chauncey Gardner. I don't. I don't think you're bringing in uh, um, that uh, Matt Patricia and then he's going to have that big of a role where yeah. he's actually changing your defense into a 4-3 mm-hmm. at times and, and maneuvering. I, I don't. I, I think they've passed on him okay. in a big role. I think they probably have too. That, they haven't named like a run game coordinator though, right, for defense? No. And so that, that would be the title where they would let him do that probably. I don't believe the Broncos have had mm-hmm. pass game coordinators, run game coordinators mm-hmm. in, in years, if that's even ever. At least ever, formally. Yeah, at least yeah. ever been a part of, of what they've done. Okay. Uh, next one is Broncos only. It's nice that VJ says he has no hard feelings against the Broncos for firing him as a head coach, and yet that sort of indicates a lack of competitive fire. <laughs> I guess that's why they got Sean Payton. Um, there's no lack of competitive fire with Vance Joseph. Uh, yeah. I had a conversation with him shortly after he was let go, 
and the competitive fire was certainly there. What is crazy and impressive in a way is in that hard knocks uh, from last year when Vance was on with the Cardinals, he has like a, a bookshelf of his boulder things when he was with CU. He has two mm -hmm. Broncos helmets, Colorado flag things there. You think Nathaniel Hackett has a Broncos helmet in his office or in his home? I'm going to say no. I bet he does. You think, I don't know. You think Vic Fangio does? Yeah. Oh, man, I don't, I don't mm. think so. I, I think those guys, and when you have a, a shorter tenure where you feel like, like you were slighted, and Vance Joseph, you know, said that he understood he was the fall man. He, he really thought it was going to turn around that third season. So I, I think it's respectable of Vance to have such a business relationship with this game, and it allows him to come back here. I'm not saying Hackett wouldn't come back here in a few years or Vic wouldn't come back here in a few years. I just don't think those guys have as much love for the organization as uh, as as Vic or Vance does. For sure. And, I mean, he's, he said it. he's lived in Colorado for half of his life. Right. Um, it's mm -hmm. home for him. And so that, that definitely makes a difference. I do think that both Vic Fangio and Nathaniel Hackett have their game ball from their first Broncos win with maybe some sort of other Broncos piece of memorabilia on like their memorabilia shelf. Man, I think a game ball, sure, because that's personalized too. But like two helmets where you're celebrating the team, <sighs> like they've got to have like, such a big trophy case though. It's it got to be in it there. Like he it said was, his wife was wearing uh, Broncos gear last week, or it, was that his daughter? I, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like mm. he he treats it differently. Yeah. Um, and also that was like not just in like a trophy case. That seemed like it was in their living room. Yeah, that's where you yeah. put. It. That's like. No, I, mean, I don't. I think decorate. you kind of have your own office. office. I think I, I would office expect too. it in the office, but they also had like the Colorado flag art. Yeah, in there yeah. In Arizona. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I mean, yeah, Colorado's better than Arizona. Though. And he has a home here. Like that's so. Colorado's better than everywhere. Uh, Briz Baby, well, I agree with that. He says, "Hey, dude. Firstly, I've been absolutely loving the past few pods with all the debating and opposing takes. Hearing the debates. three of you in disagreement gives us the most <laughs> interesting takes and diverse perspectives, which make, makes it one of my favorite pods. I hate listening to podcasts where the hosts are just echo chambers. Mm -hmm. Love your work. On to my question. Thank you very much, Briz Baby. Says the VJ hire has given me some concerns, and I need you guys to put my mind at ease. Firstly, Henry explained that Vance's lack of success in Arizona is partly due to the inability of his players to fit his scheme." Mm -hmm. But to me, that sounds like VJ is trying to fit square pegs into round holes, which is one mm -hmm. of the worst things you can do as a coach. Secondly, Zach emphasizes that with Peyton, this team will be built on offense, and that's where we should spend our capital. But wasn't that the exact philosophy with Hackett? And wasn't that colossal fail the wasn't that colossal fail the reason we hired Peyton as a CEO type? Help me out here, guys. Cheers, Briz Baby. Your last point, they did not mm -hmm. hire Sean Payton to be a CEO type. They hired mm -hmm. him to be an offensive mind that can be more of a CEO type than Nathaniel Hackett. But don't get the it bar wrong. Is low there. He is an offensive. He brought him in here to be an offensive guy. Not an offensive guy. An offensive genius. Right. Yep. Top five offensive minds in the NFL right now. So I, there's even more investment in the offensive side by hiring Nathaniel Hackett than there was, or I'm sorry, by hiring Sean Payton than there was even with Nathaniel Hackett. As for VJ um, kind of forcing things, I think you can, you can certainly make that case. Mm -hmm. I also think that the Cardinals were drafting guys, tweeners, yep. and saying, like, make these guys work. And obviously your instinct as a coach is going to be, Make them work in what I like to do most. Mm -hmm. Like, you yes, should they have maybe designed the entire defense around Isaiah Simmons? 
um, and said, like, we have to design a defense that just allows him to go be a playmaker. In hindsight, you probably could say that. Mm -hmm. Um, You also probably say, like, okay, as a coach, they give you a piece. I don't think he, like, blew anyone away in camp. And so then you're like, okay, we have to figure out where this guy fits. Mm -hmm. To this point, he hasn't really fit anywhere. Just another question mark is with Saban Collins. You, you've also mm-hmm. so it's not just it's one player. Um, it's it's a different player. And what's concerning though is Vance was there when they drafted both of those guys. So it's not like you have to imagine they talked to their defensive coordinator. With, yeah. You really do think that they talked to him? Oh, I'm sure they talked um, to him. And but I'm not necessarily sure he said, "Yeah, plan, get him." What the plan was going? You would you would hope so. You would uh, hope, and, but and it's th- the there Cardinals. Is a chan- yeah, sure. Th- th- yeah. There there is a chance it's with Cliff that. Kingsbury. And one of the things that Bo Brock said yesterday, which is important to remember about, he said the biggest negative with Vance uh, is his ability or inability to develop young players and put them in the right positions to succeed. Mm-hmm. Now, why that's okay for the Broncos right now? They're not going to have many young players. They, mm-hmm. They're not going to be bringing young players in this year. Next year, I would hope that resources in the draft are going to be used on the offensive side of the ball. But maybe not the best news for Nick Benito, but also Nick Benito didn't help himself last but year. But Nick Benito has a clear role. Like, he's just a pure edge rusher. Yeah, but he also said help develop younger guys, not just But put those guys right are pieces. just like the tweeners, though. Like, like those... I I'm think just, that's I'm just the saying issue. what, what, what Bo said about True. developing and then also finding the right spots. Mm-hmm. I... It is a knock on Vance that he wasn't able to be successful, especially Mm -hmm. with Isaiah Simmons. Um, So Mm -hmm. I'm not trying to excuse that. What I am saying is the square peg round hole thing, I just think if someone gives you a ball of clay, it's not a square peg, Mm -hmm. it's a ball of clay, you think my first instinct is to take this ball of clay and shove it into the round hole Mm -hmm. to make it fit. For whatever reason, it did not work in that way. They they kind of – so then Vance was left with like, okay – Clearly, he doesn't work as a inside linebacker for me. Um, so I'm going to have to try something mm-hmm. else. And, you know, they were kind of experimenting. I don't know. I guess Isaiah was better this year. Um, but he's yet to – No matter, mm-hmm. we'll see. If the next defensive coordinator for them comes in and makes him into a star, mm-hmm. you can definitely turn back around and say, okay, Vance didn't know what to do with him and, you know, ruined the first two and years he, of his career. And what they're probably going to do is just play him in zone coverage where he can kind of float there and just be big and long and not have to just run with a slot wide receiver yeah. or just blitz straight ahead. And those are kind of the two options because he's really, really good as a blitzer and I mean, specifically is like a closer as a blitzer. But in terms of man coverage, it's like, yeah, he's all right against tight ends. But like Bo said, like it's not like he's going up against Travis Kelsey and winning. And so when you run a, a man heavy scheme, Either you change everything to fit him and fit some other players well, because like Byron Murphy is just not a man cover or man corner. And that's why I don't think he's going to wind up in Denver, but it would have been good to see him change things at the same time. uh, That's I'm not too worried about it because he's coming to Denver where you do have two press man corners in Pat Sertan and Damari Mathis and you have Justin Simmons. And when you're what eight, 80% 80% of the time you're playing a single high safety, you're putting Justin Simmons in the best place. Like those problems just should not translate to Denver, at least how this roster is currently constructed. And, and we did talk about this yesterday and I do mm-hmm. disagree. I think it, it, it is an indictment on a coach. We've mm-hmm. mostly talked about it these past few years on the offensive side of the ball with guys coming in and saying, this is my system. You better fit in mm-hmm. or you're going to be out. No, if you want to be a good coach, you have to adapt to the mm-hmm. players you had. And, and he didn't do that. Uh, mm-hmm. at times last year, and we've got on so many coaches in Denver for yeah. not doing that. 100%. Yeah. I do agree with what you're saying, though, Henry. It's another reason why I kind of mm-hmm. want 
James Bradbury. He'd be Man another heavy, one. Just more expensive, CJ, yeah. GJ, just, I mean, oh, you could have such a beastly defense. <laughs> totally. And also, again, like, being the defensive coordinator for an air raid team is very, very difficult. And, like, CU fans know better than anyone. Like, when you're, when you're running a defense and the offense is running 30 more plays than any other team, I think what two of the last four years the the cardinals ranked second in the nfl in pace it just means that you are going to be on the field so much more and that that means first of all like it doesn't excuse like their points per possession are still bad and all that stuff but it does just totally change the dynamic there and i think that more than anything is probably why the advanced stats like the cardinals a lot better than just the raw stats first of all there's more plays that that lead to bigger totals but then also just the situations that you're in on those plays. Here's a fun fact. Over the last four years, since Vance Joseph left to go to the Cardinals, the, the Cardinals have averaged ranking 14.75 in the NFL in DVOA. Broncos average 14th. Which, again, doesn't mean that they're equal defenses over the last four years, but there are some of those advanced numbers that say, like, it's not that. Big, it's it's not terrible. It's not terrible. It's average. Exactly. It's average. It's not terrible. No. And that's why you yeah. take the advanced stats. You can say he's average. Yeah. You look at the raw stats below average. That's why I say he's average to yeah. below average. And we argued for like forty minutes yesterday, and then you graded him a C, and I graded him a C plus. <laughs> don't give. <laughs> don't give away <laughs> our uh, roundtable coming up this week. We both said it earlier. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. And to your point, my Madden defense right now is getting crushed because I score so fast. Um, yeah, exactly. I'm averaging yeah. 44 points a game, and like, this, my poor defense is out there mm -hmm. so much. Yeah, the defense actually got better by the numbers after Kyler Murray went down because they had to play more conservative on offense, which again is something the Broncos have benefited for for four years because they haven't had a quarterback. Damn, Ryan, you just tried to flex so hard, and Henry just blew it off. I'm not. Yeah. Damn, Henry they heard, almost they had heard. the <laughs> comeback of the year last night in Madden. Yeah, someone dropped that in the comments section. Big. It was Will Jock. He was just, down 28-10. Yeah. Uh, and came all the way back to force overtime. Yeah, twenty-eight ten, and he he was attempting a, uh, like a thirty-yard field goal. And he missed it, and that was wow. I think that was in the fourth quarter. No, was it? I think it was. It, no, because how I, did you I score eighteen? I beat him twenty-one-three in the fourth quarter. Oh, he's kicked a field goal to Dang. make it twenty. Yeah, so I'm not sure how those numbers line up, but yeah, I, I came back from a nine-zero deficit against our guy Spence. Nice. I thought that was impressive. Yeah, yeah. So three <laughs> field goals or a touchdown and a miss. Execute? Oh, three field goals. It was 6-0 wow. at halftime. Oh it was a God. miserable game. <laughs> um, do we have time for one more? Yeah. Frazier008 says, What's up, guys? After being a listener for the past few seasons, I finally decided to become a member. Let's go. Yeah. We got him. Got to spread em. Broncos country all the way out here to Tennessee. I listen to podcasts every day, and this is by far the best Broncos podcast out there. Thank you so much. I like Davis Webb is a sneaky good hire. Mm -hmm. The Bills give him a lot of praise when it comes to Josh Allen's development, and they were grooming him to become a coach. Dayball loved him so much, he brought him to New York to help Jones like he did Allen. I love this hire, and the fact that we get some young guys to bring in fresh new ideas i believe he has a real shot to be the next kellen moore going straight from player to coach this might be the first time that the broncos really got to flex their pocketbook mm. like they might have just told davis webb like whatever you're making in <laughs> new york as the backup we'll just double it for you to come be our quarterbacks coach and you don't have to worry about playing anymore yep. you don't have to yep. worry about your body exactly. you just get to be a coach and you which you're already doing come to denver yeah. oh and by the way you're learning from sean payton 
Yeah. Like you are Sean Payton's quarterback. And you're going to have his touch of approval yeah. to get other jobs oh, yeah. across the league. Yeah, absolutely. And this wasn't the only coach that the Broncos took straight from being a player. Um, they, they brought uh, Chris Banjo mm-hmm. from, uh, where was he? The Arizona. Arizona Cardinals. Last The last four years and the three years before that, he was with the Saints and Sean Payton. He's mm-hmm. their special assistant special teams coordinator. He was just a player last year. They're bringing him in as uh, to, to bring him that guy. And I love it. Yeah. I love that they're bringing guys that are younger that can connect with players with a mix of, you know, 60-year-olds. Especially yeah. when the, the coaches are going to be pretty rough on these players. I think that that's just kind of assumed. That's been Sean Payton's reputation. We talked about it a little bit yesterday. Like, it's the Bill Belichick and Sean Payton are the last remaining pieces of the uh, Parcells tree, unless you count Dan, Dan Campbell, who played for Parcells, and I'm not sure if you do. But but when you expect them to come in and, again, work really, really, really hard, n- no veteran off days, none of that sort of stuff, That's uh, it, it's, it's good to have some of these younger players to be around and be like, yeah, this is worth it. Let's fight your way through and not just a bunch of old men saying, yeah, guys, run. I'll touch wood on this because uh, I hope it's true, but I don't mm-hmm. want to jinx it. Um, it's going to be hilarious when the Broncos play all their starters through the preseason next year mm-hmm. and then have like much better injury luck throughout the season. Yeah. <laughs> all right. It's going to be tough be, to get worse. It's going to be very <laughs> ironic. And actually, last one from Moogie 94 He has some really good things to say. Howdy, y'all. Offseason pods are so damn good. This current pod lineup isn't like the 92 Dream Team, but more like the 08 Redeem Team. Redemption. There Once we go. <laughs> I haven't laughed this much listening to the pod in a long time, especially earlier this week when discussing DraftKings lines and Zach yelled, I need more lines. LOL. <laughs> I was referring to DraftKings Sportsbook. Uh-huh, yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> As we roll into the weekend. Yes. He says, anyway, this morning's athletic article really managed to get everyone to hate on Russ Moore. I heard a take that essentially was absolving Hackett and coaches from the atrocity of last year. But Hackett was actually passing plays to Russ with 40 seconds remaining. And it was mm-hmm. Russ who struggled to relay calls that caused all those delay of games. Uh, are the Jets slash Hackett in on this media narrative to absolve themselves of having hired Hackett, generally confused. We talked about this uh, when Hackett joined the Jets. There was so much sentiment coming straight from the Jets themselves and then also coming from a lot of uh, media members that covered the Jets just about how much um, the Broncos organization was in shambles last year, and it wasn't Hackett's fault. That's how the Jets are selling Nathaniel Hackett, and you know what? Time will tell. Obviously, Hackett was a big role in that. Mm -hmm. Russ was a big role. George Payton probably should be a big role in that as well. And we'll just see who was the bigger role. Mm -hmm. If Nathaniel Hackett grooms Zach Wilson into being a great quarterback and everything's great and the Broncos struggle again and move on from Russ, then it's probably going to be easier to say, Mm -hmm. okay, it was all Russ. If they struggle out there Mm -hmm. in New York and Russ succeeds with Sean Payton, then we're going to see probably more Hackett. And again, like... For that one in particular, that the calls were getting in on time, and Russell was, I think what they said was like he's giving extra directions in the huddle, doing that sort of stuff, just just making sure everybody's like on the right page. First of all, I I wouldn't be surprised if Russell Wilson was the type to say like, hey, make sure you break this one off just a little bit early, like you, like and and it did kind of backfire because that does fit. But the point is, they wouldn't write it unless they trusted the person who said it. So somebody who was probably with the Broncos and was very involved with that, said that that was what was happening. In the story, though, Kendall Hinton, and I think Jerry also mentioned that he didn't really think that was happening, but Kendall said, like, no, nah, I think that that's kind of wrong. You, you trust who you trust. And, and the one piece I'd throw in there is that Kendall didn't even play in the first game of the season, and that's when that stuff 
like it, it, it slowed down as the season went along. I guess it was like the first three weeks or so where it really went to a head and then it kind of dropped off. I don't know. Like I believe probably 80% of, of what that, that story said is basically what happened. And the other 20% is exaggerated or whatever else it's, it's up to people to believe, but the athletic wouldn't publish it unless they trusted the sources and there's also other sources saying other things in there too. Yeah, and there's also the case of sources framing things in a certain mm -hmm. way to make it look better on them. Yep. And I would say this article was more so about that one piece of information about trading, uh, about Russ asking those guys to be fired, and then also just for the rest of the country to know what was going on. Why we didn't spend a full show on this is if you guys have listened to the pod over this past year. You pretty much know everything else. We've we've been talking about mm -hmm. these details and for the most and part, like Ryan said, kind of breaking a lot of these stories uh, on this pod. So mm -hmm. it wasn't that, that it's not groundbreaking news mm -hmm. for for most of these things for yeah. Broncos. It's just like I, I that. Go ahead. Just that couple of them where it's like, yeah, the office people people didn't really go up to the office and nobody. It's like out of the way and the former coach or whatever who said. Well, if you're going to have the open doors policy, just come talk to me. Why not sit in your locker right. right next to everybody else? Like, there is some of that stuff where you're like, oh, we didn't know that for sure, but it does really add up. The fact that the office was taken away, didn't know that for sure, but it does really line up with the fact that we are all thinking like, oh, Russ seems to be around a lot more now. I wonder what that's about. Like, there you go. So there are those couple things that just, I don't know. We kind of saw the effects of, and that was more the cause. I got to say, if I see one more Russell Wilson tell-all article, I'm going to lose my fucking mind. You're going to lose uh, your freaking mind. Yeah. It's, there's going to be another one. People want to know. People it want the clicks. Find a new slant. Like, <sighs> we've gone over everything with Russell Wilson last year. I don't disagree there with you. There was some new stuff. Like, I enjoyed reading it. I'll say that. Like, I... I don't know if I could say I'm happy it came out because it leads to whatever other toxic stuff, but I can say that when that came out, I was like, eh, and I read it and I was like, oh, that is interesting. That is some information that I am happy to have. What I just don't like is it's presented as this, you know, bombshell report when again, mm. one thing was big, but then all these other things are presented. Like Ryan said, like we have people, uh, you know, do you know Russell Wilson had his own office? Oh my gosh, yeah. just roll your yeah. eyes again. Mm -hmm. Literally, I went back and found the show. June of last year. Mm -hmm. Are you the Count? Wow. Uh, damn. It was actually a really easy search. <laughs> I yeah. thought it was. Um, but that, that June of last year, I said on this show, Russell Wilson has his own office. Mm -hmm. uh, and I stand by what I said then, which was before we knew Russell Wilson wasn't going to play well this season, mm -hmm. which was, yeah, this is what happens. Star quarterbacks get special treatment. Mm -hmm. Well, guess what? He wasn't a star quarterback anymore, so now yep. he doesn't get the special treatment. Yep, yep. exactly. And you got to play well to earn those things. Yep. And thank you, Jerry, for settling the ship and then flying on off to the distance or wherever he went. Back to his lake house. He's sipping his a cup of house. coffee right now, looking over the lake, wow. thinking about his drink of choice for this weekend. What are the chances we could go do an on-site live show at Jerry Rosberg's lake house? Oh, uh, I think I think we could. He he just so likes fun. to talk so much. He's, like yeah. Again, that that season, we all loved Jerry. Like mm -hmm. I maybe didn't necessarily think he'd be a great hire to be the next head coach, especially when Sean Payton's out there. But we all like really enjoyed Jerry. Jerry also really enjoyed having twenty minutes a day where there's just people asking him questions, About and he gets like again. You have to think of him as like a grandfather. Yeah. Like and that's what he is. Imagine just like a grandfather who has like a twenty minute Q and A every day. It's yeah. the time of his freaking life. Yeah. He would love to have us up You're there. You're gonna love it when you're sitting by the fire in Montana and your grandkids are like, 
Papa Henry, Papa Henry. Tell us about Jerry Rosberg. And you're like, oh, wow. this guy. He was basically like an angel who came down. Exactly. Instead of Papa the Henry, they're going to be calling him by his nickname. Uh, Hater Henry, Hater no, Henry. No, 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 no. There is a campaign brewing. Hater Zach. That's uh, been shut down. Uh, we're, once we're, a, we're on. Well, I'm we're about to go make on. some burners, so you better watch out. I know no one's ever going to call me a hater. Um, That's true. All right. That is going to wrap it up for us this week. Uh, I was going to say next time you hear from us, we'll be in Indy, but I don't think that's true. No, You'll I don't hear think from so. us one time before we oh, go true. to Indy. Yep. Uh, and Henry, it's your lucky day, man. You're still going. Hey! We, there was an alternate <laughs> channel, a channel I didn't even know existed. <laughs> All right, we'll see you guys uh, next week on the DNVR Broncos podcast.
Mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com.